Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Do you have your Bibles with you? Yes. Figure there's anything good in there? Um, you know, I, I, I learned something years ago, and it was remarkable to me. Now, when I learned this, I had been a Christian, really, let's see, 1986. This would have been about 91. So this would have been about, about maybe five years into my walk with the Lord. And God began to teach me that His Word was literal, that his word was really him talking to me. And you might say, well, we've known that for a long time. Congratulations. I didn't. But I would have told you I did. I had, I had purchased, I was working, you know, uh, at that time, and I, I had taken all of the money that I made and uh, had purchased all kinds of sets of, of Bible commentaries and books and these. I thought that's how you got to know God, by by your intellect and by just studying intellectually. And I'd study and I was reading the Bible all the time. And, uh, but things changed for me when I discovered that the Bible's really God talking to me. Yes. And uh, I, be I began to hear it differently. That's the main thing. I began to open myself and I began to set aside my, uh, I, I was a great one to analyze, you know. Uh, and, and I'm not saying that you're supposed to forget your thinking. You're not. You're supposed to renew your thinking. Yes. And so I had to set some, set some things aside, and I began to really hear the Bible as though it was God talking to me. I'm telling you, that helped me. That helped me. It helped me, be not, it helped me not be so mad at the things that I was mad at that other people were teaching um, because it didn't go along with the denomination of the church I was attending. <laughs> so I thought, I thought, well, if you didn't go along with my church, then you had to be wrong. I didn't realize you could go along with God. You just go with the Bible <laughs> and really came to find out that my church didn't do that. But anyhow, did I tell you to turn anywhere yet? I can understand why. <laughs> Hallelujah. Just go with me to the fifth chapter of Matthew to start with, please. And how many of you believe in God tonight? And would you say tonight you're going to get all you came for? Yeah. I'm a, I, I don't know about you. I determine and purpose to be a spiritual glutton. You know what a glutton is? How many know what a glutton is? You might think, yeah, I've gone fishing for that before. No, it's not. That's not a fish. That's a mutton. A glutton is somebody who can't stop eating. If you're a glutton, we probably can tell. We, no, I'm just, <laughs> Uh, spiritually, it's okay to be a glutton. It's okay to just have a uh, unnatural desire for the things of God. Supernatural. Anyhow, praise God. In, in Matthew chapter 5, verse 6, I want to read what Jesus said. I want you to hear what Jesus said. He said, blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Did you hear what Jesus said? Yeah. Blessed, blessed. What's it mean to be blessed? Come on, y'all are Copelandites, aren't you? 
What's it mean to be blessed? You've heard, you've heard teaching from, from him before on that. To be blessed, empowered to prosper. You've heard that? We could say prosperous are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Now, instead of, you know, hungering, thirst and after righteousness, we don't have to hunger and thirst for righteousness in the sense that we don't have it. In the New Testament, since Jesus died, we've been made righteous. If you're born again, you've been made righteous. But you could, instead of saying righteousness, you could say the things of God. If you're hungry, if you're thirsty, you'll be filled. If you're not hungry, if you're not thirsty, what do we know? You won't be filled. If a, now, filled, what's that mean? Do you know that a Christian can be more full or less full? A Christian is like a gas tank in your car. You can be on F or you can be on E. Or you can be somewhere in between. Now, how can you tell if a Christian is filled? Well, that's easy. That's easy. There's a gauge. Do you know that you have a gauge? Uh, that your tank, you have a, you have a gauge, just like your car. How many here, uh, you have to get out and shine a flashlight into your tank to see if you have any fuel or not? No. Huh? Do you have to do that? No. What do you do? You look, at the, you look at the gauge. It either goes that way or, or that up and down, depending on how new your car is. You know, uh, old school, us old school folk, they didn't have digital stuff. It was just, it was just the, the dial, right? And so you either went up or down based on... Now, that gauge, that's not your fuel tank. That's not your, that's not your tank. There's no gas in that gauge, is there? No. That little thing? No. The, where's the gas? That's in the back of your car. The gauge is on the dash. So how do you tell if a Christian's full? Well, you have a gauge. Did you know you have a gauge? One of your gauges is your mouth. That's your big one. That's your big one. Now, a lot of, a lot of you all have children. Some of you all have babies. You're going to have babies. And, and uh, you'll have to feed that baby, right? How many here if you have a baby doesn't want to eat? Now, that baby wants to eat. It doesn't matter what time it is. If, it's, if he decides he wants to eat, it's eating time, right? And so, you know, when they're an infant, you start out feeding them a couple of different ways. But then as they get older, you get those little cans of food, right? Do they still do that? We had Gerber, right? And, and all that nasty stuff. But, but anyhow, they like it. And so you, 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 that baby's sitting there in the high chair, and you got them all wrapped up, right? Because you know. And so you start, you start, you put the spoon in there, right? And what do you have to do? To, what do you have to do to the baby? You open your mouth so that the baby knows to open their mouth, right? You open your mouth first. Or, you, you know, you make faces or whatever. What are you trying to do? If you can get them to smile, they'll open their mouth, right? And so you, you get them to open their mouth and then you put the food in their mouth and you wipe the spoon off and... And then you go back for another one and the baby eats. Right. Yeah. And we got to get we got to get through this whole meal. So <laughs> how do you know when the baby's full? Anybody here? You've got a three month old or a four month old. And, and they say, well, mom, mom, no more for me. 
I'm kind of feeling full. <laughs> right? Anybody have a baby that says that? No. no. Uh, really, the baby's not even in touch with his stomach yet to know. And so what do you do? You keep putting it in and you just put it in. And then how do you know when the baby's full? Y'all never have kids, I guess. What do your kids do? Ring a bell? Turn their head. That's, that's one way. But another, another way is you just, you just put another spoonful in. And they smile. And it runs out. Yes? Testify, somebody. Testify. Yes? Yes? Anybody else? Yes over there? And, and yes, still? No, okay. Do you remember? So how do you know the baby's full? Because what you put in them starts coming out. How can you tell a Christian is full of the things of God? What, what they've been putting in starts to come out. Where does it come out? The mouth. The mouth. You can tell. Now, when, when a Christian won't use their mouth in church, when it's time to praise God, I'm, I'm, yes, I'm going to start trouble early tonight. When they won't praise God, when they just nod instead of doing what you're supposed to do with your mouth, nod just means I'm not opposed to it, but I'm not participating in it. Huh? That's a sign of emptiness. <laughs> Come on now. So it's possible to be spiritually full. And it's possible to be spiritually empty. And the kind of person that's going to end up full is the one that will pursue fullness through hunger and desire. You got to want God. You got to want him to be full of him. Are you hearing me tonight? You've got to desire God. Now, if you can, turn to the third chapter of Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 3, please. But I, I like it there, where we just read, where it says, blessed, blessed. We could say, blessed are the full. Right? Isn't that what he ended up saying? Blessed are those who do hunger and thirst after righteousness. They'll be filled. They'll be blessed. The full person is the blessed person. I want to drop some help on you tonight. You thank me now, thank me later, whatever. God has more of his blessings for many people here tonight than you will ever receive unless you learn this life of fullness. Unless you learn to live so full of the things of God that the things of God begin coming out of you. If you don't learn, and most Christians never do, and most Christians in most churches live more or less empty. It's just the truth. I'm not mad at anybody tonight. It's just the truth. Most believers in most churches live more or less empty. And that's why they forsake and forego the things that God has for them. I'm talking about good things. I'm talking about His things, first of all, what the Bible calls true riches. But then there's also, there's also manifestations of his goodness in the natural. There's also things he has for people in the natural. Qualities of life. 
standards of living. Blessings that people do without. And they, can conf- they won't, but if they did confess, they could confess prosperity scriptures all day long. Still not have them. Because these things come from the hungry, to the hungry, to the thirsty, to the person that will live full. Now, over in Ephesians chapter 3, like it or not, if you like it, I'm happy. If you don't like it, I I can't say I care. If you're mad at me, really don't care. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 14th verse, Paul's writing. And he says, For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height, and to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, look at this, that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. That you might be filled with all the fullness of God. Let me read that if I can in the Amplified Translation. Okay, and try not to get too excited, you know. That 19th verse, the last part of it says that you may be filled through all your being. Spirit, soul, body, all your being. That you might be filled through all your being unto all the fullness of God. Listen to this. May have the richest measure of the divine presence. This is talking about something that you may have. The richest, me- the richest measure. What is the richest possible measure of the divine presence? The richest measure has to be what they have in heaven. The full tangibility, the full substance, the full reality of all that God is. And what, what does he want, where does he want that to be? That you, that you, that you may have the richest measure of the divine presence and become a body wholly filled and flooded with God himself. Now, friends, this is not some fantasy that we could never attain to. This is not something that we'll only hopefully after a couple millennia up in heaven attain. This is to be our reality on earth. This is what God wants for everybody. Everybody. This is what God wants for you. I have, uh, I have to tell you. The idea that is perpetuated in the body of Christ. And you understand that there's, there's a lot of things that are said that are either partially true, some not so much true at all, and some things mostly true, but just a little bit of untruth. Well, this isn't untrue, but it's not the whole truth. And, but this is widely believed in the body of Christ that 
that the ultimate goal of our Christian life is for us to live for God. You hear what I'm saying? Uh, you might say, well, they teach that here. Good, they should, because that is, like I said, it is true. It's just not all there is to it. The idea that, well, we just want to live for God. And then, then maybe some churches will say this. Well, we, you, you also want to do good works. You want to get out and serve in the community. How many know there's nothing wrong with serving in the community? Right? And then, the, then other places might say, well, no, you also want to keep God's commandments. You want to, you want to do what he says, right? And there's truth there, too. But let me ask you, those three things, live for God, do good works, keep all his commandments. Good things, right? Yes. Did Jesus have to come and die for you to do any of those things? Nope, he did not. Because if you look in the Old Testament, they had the commandments. They could live for God. They didn't always, but they could. <laughs> They could live for God. They could do good works as opposed to bad works. Really, can't lost people do good works instead of bad works? A person can learn to curb their behavior and, and live appropriately and be a good citizen. You know what I'm talking about? Jesus didn't need to come, to die, come and die for that. So why did he? Why did he? Because here's the truth, friends. It's not just God's will that you live for him. It's his will that he live through you. Do you get that? Yes. It's not just God's will that you live for Him. It's His will and His desire that He live for you. And He doesn't uh, live through you, is what I meant to say. Is that what I said? I don't know. Something like that. He wants to live through you. You might say, well, that's ridiculous. Well, then the New Testament's ridiculous. I'm sorry. What can I say? Huh? Christ in you. The hope of glory. No, it's God's desire to live through you, yes. to live. What does that mean? Well, when he needs to go somewhere in the earth, who's, how's he going to get there? Oh, that's crazy. God's, God's present everywhere. Yeah, he is, but he, has, he doesn't have expression everywhere. If God wants to say something in the earth, how's he going to do it? He's got to find somebody who will yield their mouth to him. He's got to find somebody who will let him use their mouth. Do you know this, that the devil can't do anything in the earth unless he finds somebody who will let him speak through them? What's, what's he going to say in the earth? How's he going to influence? He's got to have a voice. And he's got plenty of folk yielding to him. How's God going to speak in the earth? Well, he gave us his Bible. That's fine. You expect everybody in the world to open up the Bible? You know they won't. Yeah. You, it, uh, listen, we got a challenge getting Christians to do it. Yeah. <laughs> no, if God's going to go anywhere, if God's going to do anything, if we're going to get anything done here, he needs, it, he needs to give expression through people in the earth. That's you. That's you. And he doesn't just want to have a little corner in your life, he doesn't just want Sunday mornings yeah. or Wednesday nights. Huh? Yeah. No, no, no. This is a 24-7 thing. I, listen, I told you, and I'm not trying to clear out anybody's church, you understand. <laughs> but, 
But I, I told you, I told you, it, you're, you're not, you're going to come to this church. You're going to always be hearing about your responsibility and your part. And I'm sorry. I'm so, well, I'm not. But I, I'm sorry to disappoint if you were just wanting to, I don't know, hear something that makes me feel good. Well, it will make you feel good when it's more God than you in there. God wants to wholly fill, I read it out of the Bible. He wants to wholly fill, completely fill and flood you with his presence. To where you have the richest measure. The richest measure of the divine presence. Richest measure. What are we talking about? What does it mean? The richest measure. Well, God's presence can be experienced in different degrees, right? It can be experienced in different levels. You ever go in a place and you can just sense God's not there? I mean, it's just, there just ain't no... You ever go to a place expecting God to be there? Again, I understand that potentially He is in the sense that the Spirit of God lives on earth and God's, you know, like God can meet you anywhere, right? I get that, but He's not manifesting everywhere. He's not manifesting everywhere. And you can go into a place which would usually be like a church service expecting his manifestation and expecting to, to encounter his presence. This is what we were born for. This is what we're born again for. To be, to be filled and flooded with God himself. And you go there and it's like... Oh, my Lord, if you're here, I can't tell. And there's, there's, there's other places where instead of there being a supply of God's presence being, being given out, it's almost like there's a vacuum on sucking it out of the room, a spiritual vacuum. Don't know if you've ever been there. If you have, well, if you go to this church and have always gone to this church, you don't know what I'm talking about. But that's a good thing. Because you come, here, you come to a church like this, and you, and you know what it's like to sense God. You, you know what it's like to experience a measure of his presence, even if it's a slight measure of his presence. Well, I know, listen, us faith people, we're, we're taught that, hey, it's not about what you feel. It's about what God said. That's true. That's true. But here's one thing God said. You ought to be in touch with his presence. You ought to have the understanding and realize that when you look in the mirror, it's not just you in there anymore. It's, if you're born again, it's not, it's not just you. He said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Jesus, uh, Jesus was talking to his disciples. He said, I'm going to talk to the Father about, about sending his spirit. And we're going to come and we're going to make our abode with you. We're going to live in you. God lives in you. God dwells in you. God wants to walk in you. Wherever you go. God goes, whatever you do, God does whatever you say. This is actually a big thing. This is actually a really big thing. And it's his desire that we be filled with the richest measure of his presence. Well, let's talk about how that happens, because obviously not everyone's automatically filled. Right. If this was an automatic thing. You, I, I'd, be, I'd be just looking at a group of people that I, I look at you and I see Jesus. There ought, not, there ought not be any difference between looking in Jesus' eyes and looking in your eyes. 
I know you think it is. I mean, is this rocking your world a little bit? Because it should. It should. And so how do, you, how do you get this experience to where you're completely filled and flooded with God? Do you want that? Do you really? Because it will change everything about your life. You can't be the same. Stuff, stuff that you might hold on to that you think is so precious to you will start dropping off. I mean, listen, I had stuff that was part of my life for like 35 years that when I went and took another step into fullness, there just wasn't room. See, you are a being of finite capacity. You know what I mean? Finite, limited capacity. Your inner man is where God dwells. How many know and understand that you're not just a body? Right? You, you have a body. You live in a body. Your body's the outer layer. But on the inside of you, you're, uh, you're a two-part being inside that physical body. Altogether, you're a three-part being. But there's something called a soul and a spirit. Well, the soul is the part that, that crosses dimensions. Your soul is the part that crosses dimensions. It's, it's the part of you that thinks, feels, uh, desires. It's your soul. That's your soul. But then there's your spirit. Your spirit is, is in, the most, uh, in the most real sense, the real you, in the deepest sense. Your spirit is what's been created in the likeness and image of God. Now, the spiritually alive, the, the born again person is spiritually alive. You've been, when you, that's why it's called being born again. You were recreated in the image of God on the inside. And we're told in Romans 8 that we are to be, the rest of us, spirit, soul, and body, are to be conformed to the image of Christ. What does it mean to be conformed? Not, come on, y'all in school, i got to ask the kids because you're smarter than the mom and dad. What's it mean to be conformed? To conform is, say it, thank you, trans, well, similar to transform, very good. Or changed. To be changed, transformed, to... to Things, things ought to be different. Yeah. Things are changing to where you're becoming more and more like Jesus. Yeah. Right. And listen, that's God's plan for every one of us. Every one of us. Well, how does that happen? I want, to, I want to call your attention back to this same verse here. Where it says that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. That word filled, you want to know what it means in the Greek? It means to cram your nets. To cram your nets. You know what's exciting? It's the same word over in Philippians 4.19 when the Bible says, But my God shall supply. It's the same word as filled and it means cram your nets. God shall cram your nets according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Now, that's, of course, that's, uh, fishermen would understand that term, right? Cram your nets. What, did, what happened when, uh, when the disciples, when Jesus over in Luke chapter 5, you know, he, he asked Peter, can I use your boat? And Peter said, well, yeah, go ahead, use my boat. And uh, they were outside washing their nets. And then uh, Peter, uh, Jesus rather says to Peter, he said, launch out into the deep, let down your nets for a catch. Peter said, well, we've been working all night, sir. But at your word... I'll let down the nets. And, and he did. And they caught so much that the nets began to break. <laughs> he filled their nets. Crammed. 
cram. I told you, didn't I, at the beginning of the service, I was going to cram. We're going to cram today. Right? He crammed. Those nets began to expand. That's what God wants to do in you with himself. Cram your nets. Now, anybody here, you've ever had a test in school and you realize I'm not prepared for this test that's coming up tomorrow? Or, and so what do I have to do? I, gotta, I can't just regular study. I've got to what? I've got to cram. What are you trying to do? You're trying to stuff as many answers. You're trying to stuff as much knowledge as you can about this thing. And you're trying to get it in you. You're cramming, cramming it in there. And you're cramming it in such a way that there's no room for it. You don't want, there's no room for anything else. Can't have room for anything else. Just crammed. Cram. You, you become filled. You, your life becomes crammed when you fill your life with the things of God. As, I'm telling you how to be filled, how to live the, the life that's filled and flooded with God himself. You know, if you've ever been near a flood, if you've been around a flood, you know this. A flood doesn't leave things the way it found it. I said a flood does not leave things the way it found it. Uh, you, you, you'll, you'll find, you know, you'll find trees that were in the front yard, in the backyard. You'll find cars that were on the street, you know, somewhere else. And uh, Lord, if you have a boat and didn't tie that boat down before the flood came through, who knows where that boat might be, right? A flood. Floods change everything. Floods change the landscape. And you let God flood your life. Just, uh, just you're not even ready. You're not even ready what God will do if you let him flood your life. He'll, he will redecorate. And if you weren't ready for it, that's just your problem. Yeah. Because really, think about it. Didn't, when, he told, when he told Peter, go out and let down your nets. Does God, the Almighty, the Creator, know how many fish a net could hold? And what did he do? Filled them till the ship began to sink and the nets began to break. Did he not? Why? He, knew, he knows the gross vehicle weight ratio of the boat. He knows what the boat can hold, how much weight the boat can hold. He knows how many fish can fit. Why did he do it? <laughs> That's how God is. That's God. That's just God. That's just how he does. That's just how he does. He does not have regard for capacity because capacity's not his job. That's our job. His job is to fill. And as we saw in this verse, fill does not mean what you and I call fill. Fill, you know, if you and I have a, a, a glass and we say fill it up, you know what that means. Take it up to about seven eighths of the way full and then stop. It's not what God does. God remembered that verse over in Psalms 23 that said, my cup runneth over. And so to him, something's not full until it's spilling over the top, running all over the place. And then he says full. That's why, cram, cram. So if you want to be crammed full with God, you must cram your life full of God. 
Because here's the revelation. How do I become spirit-filled? Talking in tongues? Well, that's an, that, that is part of the spirit-filled life. Don't get me wrong there. But you get filled with God by filling your life with the things of God. I started to say you have a limited capacity. There's only so much space in your being. You can't take in five hours of the, of the day on other things and have room to be crammed full with God. Doesn't work that way. Doesn't work that way. That's why I said if the more full of the things of God you want to be, the less of the things of the world you're going to ha have time for. Now, I understand God's in most in most cases, he's not asking people to, uh, you know, give up your business and your employment, things like that. And he understands you have to give attention to other things. But I'm telling you that you, you want to have a life filled and flooded with God himself. You want to be experiencing the richest measure of the divine presence. <laughs> I still I like that phrase, the richest measure. You know, we've all had we've all had uh, chocolate like Ghirardelli type chocolate that y'all got on Friday before I came. And, and uh, which is great. Happy for you. And you've, we've all had something and we've tasted that chocolate. And what do you say in certain cases? You say, oh, my Lord, that is that is rich. What's it mean? It's rich. What's it mean when it's rich? You take a bite and it bites you back, right? There, can I say it this way? Tell me if I'm right or wrong. When something's that rich, there's a tangibility to it. There's a tangibility to it. There's, the substance is more dense, right? The, fla the flavoring. And I dare say when you have something that rich, it elicits a response from you, right? You t that's why... That's why when people try it and it's really rich, they say, oh, my goodness, that is rich. I like I like the richest measure. I like the riches. The that word rich means overflow. I like the overflow of his glory. I like the richest measure of his divine presence. You know what? What can what can the slightest measure of God's presence do? I mean, listen, you could get born again with just a drop of, you know, just experiencing a little bit of God. I just uh, I know when I heard the gospel in the, for one of the first times in that conviction, see, that was God's presence, that conviction that you need this. Something was saying you need this. You need to say yes to this. You need to receive this. Now, looking back, that wasn't a very strong measure in some respects of his presence, but it was there. And even me, a lost person, even a lost person can sense that. Receive Jesus, be born again. But he wants us filled with the richest measure. With the richest measure. Like that chocolate cake, the, tan the full tangibility of his presence. When, when you don't just know about God, but you're experiencing God. You're touching, you're tasting, you're smelling. You know what I'm talking about? It's like, it's like, uh, it's like you have a sense beyond smell. Beyond taste, it's like a, you could call it a sixth sense, you know, whatever. What, but it's a spiritual sense. Well, that's, that's accurate because you are a spirit. Yes. Yes. And you can sense God spiritually in tangible yes. ways. Yes. 
where he's where he's perceptible, where he's touchable, and 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 it's almost like I could send I could send God's running through my veins, and I could send him out of me into somebody else. And this is not fantasy. Fantasy is what people come up with and make movies about based on this reality. They just don't even know it. Because how many know, how many know of a great, true American icon named Tony Stark? Anybody know who Tony Stark is? Tony Stark, great guy, great American hero, who built an arc reactor Embedded it into his chest. Yes, yes. Embedded that power within him and learned how to transmit that power. Transmit that power out of his hands. And you're laughing. But what you don't understand is I am Iron Man. Spiritually speaking, spiritually speaking. But we call that fantasy. That, that actually is so close to reality. Come on. We, we, talk, we talk about Luke, Chewbacca, Han Solo, Princess Leia, Yoda, Jedi. Right? And, and what did they learn how to do? They learned how to move things. They learned how to transmit this thing called the force. Completely 100% rip off of the things of God. Everybody says Star Wars is such a great fantasy. It's all true. It's all true. And Brother Hagen was Yoda. I traveled with him. I know. <laughs> it's all true. Just the characters are different. The characters are different. I'm not, I'm not joking. Come on. I'm not joking. The Avengers. <laughs> Star Wars. Every, what is it? Why do you like it so much? Why do you identify with it so much? Why does something in you yearn for it and reach out for it? It's because that's what you've been created for. You're a supernatural being. God wants, God wants to flow His power through your life and through your body and out your hands into other people. But you have to fill your life with the things of God. Amen. And there's two, there's two basic things of God that we're talking about when we say the things of God. Number one is His Word. And these are obvious, right? You have to fill your life with His Word. I have to fill my life with God's Word if I want the benefits. If I want to be full of the Word, how can you tell if you're full of the Word? Thank you. Thank you. Somebody, somebody came to class today. How can you tell if you're full of the Word? When you talk, the Word comes out. Now, I'm going to indict this church like because I, I just know it's I can I, I can just tell you it's true. I know it's true. But uh, you can sit in this church and you can get fed the word. I know you get fed good here. I've gotten fed good here. Uh, live stream. <laughs> you can get fed the word 
And then people after, will, will gather in the back of the auditorium or outside after church. And what will you hear? Nothing pertaining to what was just ministered. Right or wrong? And listen, I understand you just, you just heard the word and you're going to chat about other things. But if you were really full of the word, and if, and if, and if the word really impacted you that much, you'd, you'd be saying, oh my gosh, did you hear what he said? Did you hear what he said? Did you hear, did you hear that by his wounds we're healed? Did you hear that? By his wounds, we were healed. That's amazing. That's, you know, it's not what people talk about. It's not what Christians talk about. They don't talk about the word because the word's not that big of a deal. They're not that full of it. They are full of it. Just not, they're not. <laughs> and then the other thing we're to fill our life with, well, you got the word, and then what else? The word and the spirit. The word and the spirit. Well, how do you fill your life with the Spirit? By yielding to the expressions of the Spirit. And this is what we were trying to help you with the other night. Yielding to the expressions of the Spirit. Well, what are those? Well, let's talk about them. What are some spiritual expressions that believers ought to be participating in? Well, let's just take some elementary ones. How about, how about saying amen? If, if, if you hear something that, that hits your spirit and you can tell... That, that, that this is God, that you say, amen. Yeah. Now, is there really a difference between the person that would say amen and the person that would sit there and refuse to say a, a word the whole time? Well, yeah, it's there, it's, there's a, that's a gauge. Uh-huh. Or let's just talk about another more, you know, kind of more elementary expression. Uh, participating in, in praise and worship. Yeah. Not just with your mouth. But engaged with your heart. You know as well as I do because we all, we all had to come from somewhere spiritually. None of us were born again spiritually mature from day one, right? We've all had to grow. And so chances are you're just like me. And I, I, praise and worship had no, did nothing for me. It did nothing for me. I was a professional musician by the time I got saved. Everything I heard in the church was, was several steps down. No, what? I'm just being honest. It was several steps down from a musical standpoint. So what is it supposed to do for me? Well, you see, it's not about the level of musicianship. It's about, you, it's about a vehicle for you connecting your heart to the things of God. Well, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. And so I'm just, I'm just being as unrenewed as you were at whatever point, right? So I didn't know. I didn't know. And so I was not, you know, when the song was done... I was not slopping praise over at the end of the song. You know what I mean by that? How many know that the, the, the full person will be engaged with the, the, song, the song? And it ought not, the most difficult thing to do in praise and worship ought to be stopping the song. I mean, if we're going somewhere and if it's, if, if it's full of truth and it's full of revelation and people's hearts are connected to it, then it's to every time you sing, it, it's, taking you, it's taking people somewhere and it's, you're getting deeper and deeper in this thing. And so to just stop it, that's why you, that's why you don't just slam on the brakes of praise and worship. You kind of have to ease, off the, ease, ease on the brakes. And once the music stops... Really, there ought to be a rumbling through the congregation of what? Spillover praise. Yeah. 
spillover phase. Because, see, you don't understand. The way the things of God works. Don't have time for everything tonight. I'm so sorry. You know, there's a, there's a verse over in the Psalms that says, God inhabits the praises of Israel. What's it mean that he inhabits? He gets in it. He gets in it. And when God gets in something, it starts to multiply in density. Amen. It starts to expand. His presence expands. And you go from that slight measure of God's presence to a richer measure of God's presence. You've experienced it. Praise, praise and worship. If, you, if your heart was engaged tonight, you should have experienced it tonight because we were taken there tonight. But you know as well as I do that if the music stops in a lot of churches and the singing stops, you can drop a pin in there. And you also know that there's a whole lot of people that will look and smile or stand there. And even folk... And there, there's even folk, I hate to say it, but uh, some of them go to my church that they'll, they'll just wait till praise and worship's done before they even come in. They have yet to discover the value of it as a vehicle that you can connect your heart. Now, what are you doing? You, when you're singing, when you're praising, you're giving, ex, you're giving spiritual expression to the things of God. And that is contributing to a state of fullness. Now, one song on a Sunday ain't going to get you there. But it'll help you there. Right? Now, what do you have to do if you want to fill, if you want to fill a cup up to the top? What do you have to do? You got to keep it under the, play, under the spout where the filling comes out. Right? You gotta keep it in the place it needs to be in order for fullness to take place. What do you want to do as a Christian? What how are you gonna get full? You gotta keep your life, you gotta keep your uh, in front of your face. You can't just look at sports scores and Facebook and news stories, and you can't just look at that all the time. I know sometimes it's okay to look at that. I looked at a little of that this afternoon, but you can't just do that. You can't just do that. You can't just watch Netflix. You can't just watch TV all the time. Twenty. You can't just do that all the time. You're, sometimes it's okay, but you can't do it that much. There's no room for the things of God. You have, to, you have to come to a point where you're filling your life more with the things of God than you are the things of the natural. Praise and worship. That's an expression. So, praise, worship, thanksgiving, rejoicing. All those things are spiritual expressions that you and I are to be doing two Sundays a month when you show up to the River Church. No, do you know we don't have time to look at it, but you know what the Bible says about rejoicing? Rejoice in the Lord always. 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 And you might think, say what? And so Paul said, again, I say, <laughs> rejoice. The Bible says over in the 34th Psalm, I will bless or praise the Lord at special times. His praise shall occasionally be in my mouth. Is that what it says? No, I'll bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. 
Why? Why? Well, why is there electricity continually to the building? Why don't we just, you know, stand outside with a kite when we need to power? The well, we're having service in 25 minutes, so let's, let's wire the thing up. No, we just, they just keep a flow going to where all you have to do is flip a switch and you're there. Huh? Don't have to have a prayer meeting to pray that the lights come on when we flip a switch. Don't have to, oh, I got one flicker. Glory to God. No, you just, you, you keep these things connected. Huh? Aren't you glad you don't have to live in the day where, where it's like it's, it's almost dinner time. Okay, honey, go out and build a fire. Or even better, go out, hunt something, then come back with what you killed and build a fire and maybe we'll have dinner. Oh, glory to God. We're in a better day than that. We're in a, we're in a better time than that. We have it easy where dinner is concerned. I just show up after I preach and I don't know how it got there. Just, it's, just, it's laid in front of me. Glory to God. So these expressions. And then, and then what, about, what about this? In everything, give thanks. In everything. So we have rejoice always. Huh? I will praise the Lord at all times. In everything, give thanks. This is talking about your whole life. This is talking about your whole life. I mean, when, when, is not, when is it not always? Huh? When is it not in everything? When is it not at all times? So obviously, these, these kinds of expressions are to be an all-day, everyday thing. And if you do them enough, often enough, you'll live full. Yeah. Ephesians 6.18, always praying with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. So we'll just add to this, speaking in other tongues. Yes. Oh, my goodness. You talk, about, you talk about contributing to a state of fullness. You know, you can pray yourself full. You can pray yourself to a different land. Yes, you can. Yeah, no, I'm serious. Completely serious. What, how does that happen? You begin to be filled with the, the, the divine presence gets richer and richer and richer. Until you're not even aware of what room you're in. You're not even aware of your physical surroundings. You are so aware of the God realm. You can praise your way into that place. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. You can. You can sit there and give thanks. And end up in the spirit. There's a man over in Luke 17. Well, there's actually 10 of them. They were all lepers, not leopards, lepers. Leper is a person with leprosy. Leprosy, you know what that was? Old Testament acne. And, uh, you know, they, they had it bad. They had it really bad. And uh, these 10 lepers, they saw Jesus and they said, have mercy on us. And he said, what do you want me to do? Well, we want to be cleansed of this leprosy. And he said, go show yourself to a priest and, and uh, give the offering that Moses commanded. And the Bible says, as they went, they were, they were healed. Well, what's that like? Now, a leper, you don't know leprosy today, but lepers, I mean, they would have open sores that would not heal. That's what made them contagious. 
why they had to live off in a colony by themselves. You've heard of a leper colony. So they, they had these things, and then they would lose feeling in their extremities. And so it would not be unusual for them to reach up and scratch their ear. They don't even feel it, and, and it come off in their hand. You've heard of it. Or you lose a finger, you stub your toe, and it's gone. So you're losing stuff all over the place. And so that's what, you know, these guys look like. It's, it's Halloween every day of the year. And so they're on their way to show themselves for the pre, to the priest. And as they're going in obedience to the word of the Lord, they realize the progression of this. Um, we're healed. They, they see sores that are scabbed over. We're not oozing. Isn't it wonderful to not be oozing? Yeah. <laughs> I won't ask for testimonies here, but, you know, it's a good thing. Yeah. And, uh, and so that, you know, you can tell on the inside of you when health returns and, and when a disease is stopped. And, and they're like, man, I've got my energy back. I've got my strength back. And, and they're going. And, but the one said, whoa, wait a second. Wait a second. It's not the priest that did this for me. It's that man back there. Y'all go ahead. I'll catch up to you. But I got to go. I got to go see him. And, they, and he went and the Bible says he fell at his feet. Giving him thanks. Giving him thanks. It wasn't Sunday morning. It wasn't Thanksgiving holiday. It wasn't mealtime. Fell on his feet, giving him thanks. What's that sound like? And how long did he sit there? We don't know how long. Doesn't say. Doesn't say. But obviously this wasn't just a Thanksgiving act. This was a Thanksgiving event for this guy. And he's, he's on the floor saying, oh. God, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. This was incurable. This was incurable. And I'm free. Oh, my God. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And Jesus said, eventually, rise, go your way. Your faith has made you what? Whole. You might say, yeah, big deal. Big deal, actually. Big deal. Because before he was pronounced clean, he was pronounced healed. The progression of the disease stopped. But now we're talking whole? What's whole mean? The effects of the disease were rolled back as if the disease had never been there to begin with. That means his nine buddies had scabs. He had new skin. That means his buddies had a scab over the nub where the finger was gone. He had a new finger. His ear was back. He was whole. How did he get there? Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. What do all these things do? They create a flow that God can inhabit, that God can get in. And when he, when, when he gets in and rides in on your praise, his presence multiplies in density. The measure of it becomes richer. And you begin to take on the properties of God. And that's how he wants you to live. That's how he wants you to live. He wants you filled with the richest measure of the divine presence. I'll tell you how to get there. If you want the richest measure of the divine presence, begin to be responsive to the slightest measure of his presence. 
realize that you, when you're walking around, it's not just you. You are Holy Ghost housing. You are carrying God with you everywhere you go. Let him have every room. Let him have every inch. Let him manifest himself as he desires on the inside of you. Next thing you know, he won't just be on the inside of you. Amen. Because remember what full means. Spilling out. Spilling out. He wants you filled. He wants you flooded with himself. I'm going to look straight ahead so I don't offend anybody, but you know, I'll just look in the camera. Hey, y'all. <laughs> uh, there, there's some folk that even after you preach this, they, they can't say amen. It's like this, okay? You get, if you wash your car the old-fashioned way, and believe me, I'm all for the newfangled way where you drive through and all the lights light up like, like it's an amusement park ride. But if you wash your car the old-fashioned way, you get yourself a sponge, right? And you, you have a pail with water and soap and all different whatever, and you wash that car, but then you leave that sponge out there. And uh, say so you leave it out there, and then you come back an hour or two later and the sponge was sitting on the ground. Well... That sponge is more or less dried out. And you can pick that sponge up. And if you squeeze that thing hard enough, you just might get a drop. Right? And that's where most Christians are. If you squeeze them hard enough, if you squeeze them long enough, if you say, can I get an amen? Amen. <laughs> and it's not, it's not, again, it's not that anybody's mad at you, but let's not call that spirit filled. Because if you left the sponge in the bucket of water, if you left the sponge in the bucket, <laughs> and you came out and you picked up that sponge, you wouldn't have to work it at all. Huh? And there's some there's some Christians. You don't got to poke them. You don't got to prod them. You just got to give a full look their way. <laughs> and you'll get a response. You'll you'll get you'll get a response. You'll, they'll light up. They'll something. They're like, ah, full, full, full. So really, everybody in here is a walking advertisement for either fullness or emptiness. And we don't have to have insights into your personal life to know whether you're full or empty. Someone might say, well, that's just not my personality. You know what? Nowhere did the Bible say to go around manifesting your personality. Well, I'm just all, I'm just reserved. You know, I'm really reserved. Yeah, I know you're really bound. (laughs) But get full and get free. I say get full and get free. Amen. Amen. You know, and so, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm wrapping this up here. I can tell I'm, I'm to the end. You're to the end. We've asked a lot of you today. Be here twice. And then, now you don't have to come for two weeks. 
Sorry, listen, I know what it's like. I know what it's like. Don't you dare do that to your pastors. We have pastored before. We have, we, we'd have a special event, and uh, it's like I came for three services. Well, I, I don't know what they expect. I'll see you next month. <laughs> we got to be taught some of these things. Amen. And if, you, and if you get spanked along the way, well, you still should have some anesthetic in you from last night. You know what I mean? To where it doesn't hurt so bad. Amen. We need to live full, live full, 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 full. Stand up with us, why don't you, tonight? Hallelujah. 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 Glory, 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 glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, you don't have to extract praise from the full person. Yeah. Instead of calling them worship leaders, we need to call them worship extractors. It's like, oh, it's like trying to land a huge fish. Oh, I got them to respond. Oh, they responded finally. I landed the fish. Glory. Glory. Glory to God. 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 Hallelujah. 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 Praise him. 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 Glory, glory, glory. Is anybody you're in here tonight and you need healing ministered to you because I have a ministry along those lines. You need healing ministered to you. Now it's okay if you feel like you're standing on your own. That's and that could be right. But if you, oh, maybe I ate too many of them. <laughs> They're good. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> if you're here uh, and you want healing ministered to you, I want you to raise your hand. Okay, there's a couple of you. Let's sit down, everybody, and we'll do it this way. Raise your hand again so I can see who you were. Raise your hand good, okay, just so I can see how many people we're talking about total. One, two, three, four, five. Okay, good. We're going to do it this way. How about we start with you, ma'am, right there. You come on up here. Hallelujah. <clears throat> come on over here to the carpet. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Put your hands out just like this. What do we believe in God for? What, what area do you know? Okay. Got you. Father, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, we so appreciate your help. We so appreciate your anointing. We're so grateful for that which you've put in our lives and that which is in our hands. And now, Father, we minister that anointing. Give me your hands. Give me. Oh, my, my, my. Oh, we minister that anointing in Jesus name. Command healing to be. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you. 
Was it you that had your hand up? Come on up. Come on up. Father, we worship you. We worship you. Now you understand contributing your faith as other people uh, are being ministered to. That's helpful. That's helpful. Man, what are we ministering to with you? Yeah. Give me your hands. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Healed, 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 healed. Praise him. Thank you, Father. Who else was it in this section? I believe, I believe you. I'll come over to you, ma'am. Give me your hands. Oh, my. Mm. Healed, healed, healed in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. Did you want to come? Would you, are you able to come up? <clears throat> ma'am, in the back. Hey, handsome, how you doing? Thank you, Father. What are we ministering to with him? Yeah, yes, 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 yes. I'm going to put my hand on your tummy, okay? Okay, oh, my Father, thank you, my goodness. That anointing goes into him and works in the name of Jesus. You're healed, you're healed, you're healed. We drive out that which is not of God. Amen. Praise the Lord. Good to see you. <laughs> awesome. Who else was it in this uh, section? Come on up. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise him. Praise him. Praise him. Praise him. Praise him. How can we minister to you? Say it again. Okay, okay. I'm going to obey God. Is that all right for me to obey God? Okay. Come on up here, Miss Olivia. I need your help. I want you to just set your hand on her tummy like that. Set it right there. I'm going to minister. Uh, I'm going to put my hand on her hand. And then that anointing's going to go in you. <clears throat> ha, Yeah. Say, I, I take it. Say, I take it, I take it, I take it, amen. Thank you, ma'am. <clears throat> Who else, was there anybody else that uh, you had lifted your hand? The piano kept playing. What are we ministering to you for? Okay. That's a specialty of mine. Uh, not of mine. It's God's anointing me in that area. Yeah. We get that taken care of. Put your hands out just like this. All the way around. So now that's it. <laughs> ha, 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 ha. <clears throat> oh, glory. Why did I call you up? Do you know? Okay. Isn't that interesting? Put your hands out. Put, put them out like this. I'm going to grab your, I'm going to grab hold of your hands. But I'm, I'm not just going to minister to that. I'm going to, I'm going to minister 
anointing to you as well to bless you because God's talked to me about your faithfulness and that it calls for some things to come into your life. And I don't know what you're believing for, probably some things, right? We all are. And so uh, prepare for them. Yeah. Mm. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Where did we get everybody that was wanting to come? Praise God. All right, Father, we're so grateful for you. Glory to God. Somebody shout praise the Lord before, we, before we're done. Thank you, pastors, for inviting me. You never met anybody happier to be in Porterville. Amen. I want to challenge you with something. Pastors talked to me, uh, well, a couple different times about, about, you know, coming back with some frequency or, or regularity. Are you listening to me still? I want to challenge you to be in a different place when I see you next time. As a church, a different place of fullness, different place of receptivity, different place of responsiveness. It's a good church now. Don't get me wrong. It's a good church. But there's a, there's a different level. Meet me there. See you next time.